Romans chapter number 5 and James chapter number 1. Romans 5, James chapter 1. Announcing our revival. Here's what we got coming up on uh, April the 5th. That's a Wednesday night and April the 6th, Thursday night. We have Brother Joe Arthur. You don't want to miss this revival. Joe Arthur is a great preacher. He's funny as a monkey. I mean, you, it, it's going to be great. So we're only going to have two nights, and then Brother Joe's got to be down on Friday night in Tennessee. All right, you're in, is everybody in Romans 5 and James 1? You're not. I still hear you turning pages. Well, the other day, y'all didn't know it, but I'm a horse rider, and I mean, I'm an equestrian person, and I was riding the other day, and my horse got away from me. I mean, it was romping. I thought I was going to get killed until the manager to Walmart came out and unplugged it. <laughs> All right, so everybody, Romans 5, James 1, I'm out of humor, here we go. I want to bring a message this morning, and in the, in the, I may be long in preaching, but we need what I'm about to preach. We need patience, and I want to bring you a message from these two verses of Scripture entitled, How to Be Patient in a restless world. Are we living in a restless world? We sure are. My grandmother used to watch, even back in the 60s, a, a soap opera called The Young and the Restless. We're living in a restless world full of discontent, dissatisfaction, unhappiness. We're depressed. And the reason is we're in such a hurry to get there, and when we get there, it wasn't what we thought it was. Oh my, God help us to be patient. Let's pray. Father, this morning I pray that you take the message and preach to the preacher. Lord, help me to be more patient as I use myself for an example. Lord, may we see the flesh, and how unprofitable the flesh is, but how profitable the spirit is. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's read together Romans chapter 5, verse number 1 through 4. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Boy, oh boy, I'd like to take that out of the Bible. We glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Not only, see, and patience experience and experience hope. He just gives us four things that we can glory in. He says you can glory in being justified by faith. I'm glad this morning that my faith has made me a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. I can glory in that, and I've gloried in that this morning. I watched a YouTube video of a choir singing, and I was sitting over in the parsonage weeping and rejoicing. I have the faith of God. Praise God. 
I have the peace of God. I can joy in the peace of God through Jesus Christ. I have access by faith. I glory in hope. Hope is confidence. I have confidence in Jesus Christ. I have confidence in the Word of God. I can glory in faith. I can glory in peace. I can glory in hope. But Paul comes to this point and he says, glory in tribulations. And I go, Amen, preacher. How in the world, Paul, can I glory in tribulation? The word tribulation is the word philipsis, and it means distress, persecution, affliction. Paul, you mean to tell me that I need to glory in in persecution and distress and affliction and anxiety and stress? You telling me that? And Paul says, yes, I am. Because in the wisdom of God, the philipsis, the tribulation, worketh patience. Wow. (laughs) The word carries the idea of pressure. Anybody want to raise their hand this morning? If we do it on Wednesday night, anybody got a praise? And somebody will raise their hand and say, I praise the Lord, the Lord got me out of the hospital, I'm back to church. Nobody has ever raised their hands on Wednesday night and said, I thank God for the internal pressure that I feel. But Paul said, rejoice when that internal pressure comes uh, like steam that builds in a pressure cooker. Sometimes we feel inner pressure. Can I get a witness? I recently, just a few years ago, after I retired from the public job, I started canning. And I can grow those green beans and oh how lovely they are. And the truth is those green beans, if I pick them in one week, they'll be rotten unless I put them under pressure. And I can take those green beans and put them in a jar and put a little water in there, a little water in a steam cooker and put them in there and turn the heat on and the steam begins to build and the pressure begins to build inside of that jar and it begins to boil and that water begins to boil and that pressure begins to build up and I've got green beans in my pantry from five years ago. They didn't spoil. Takes patience. Patience When pressure comes, patience will preserve. Let me say that again. When pressure comes, patience will preserve. I remember when I first started canning, I didn't realize that that the whole thing would blow up if I took the lid off too early. And I was impatient. And I was sitting there by the canner, and there was all that pressure built up inside of them cans, inside of that green bean, and inside of that big pressure vessel. And I, kept, I couldn't wait for that steam to quit blowing. And I thought, well, the only reason that people don't go ahead and open that canner is because they're afraid of that steam. And I worked in a steam plant for 30 years, 35 years, so I'm not afraid of steam. And I went, pow, and green beans blew everywhere. I was picking them off my face. They were stuck to the ceiling. And my father-in-law said, you big dummy. Don't you realize that when that pressure's inside of that vessel, if you all of a sudden release that pressure, everything's going to blow. And I said, I do now. (laughs) Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like the pressure's just, you're just going to pop off. And if somebody cracks your lid, you're going to blow. We all feel like that at times. (laughs) <laughs> the word tribulation, that's what it means to be pressurized. Paul said glory in that. The word tribulation also means this, to be hemmed in. <laughs> ah, you're looking at an old boy who don't like to be hemmed in. 
I don't like to feel like I don't have a way of escape. Well, I'm sitting in my study this morning, and the only way I can get to the bathroom is either come through this Sunday school class or go through that Sunday school class, and I'm thinking about an escape ladder <laughs> out the window. I'm serious. I don't like to be hemmed in. That, the word means tribulation, glory and tribulation when you feel hemmed in. When you feel hemmed in, you get this fight or flight. The cortisol begins to flow through your body, and you get this fight or flight attitude. You know, I'm a bear hunter. I like to hunt bears with old Archie Watkins. And, and man, you get, you get after those bears, and that first time you get after him, he's got a flight attitude. I mean, the adrenaline's pumping, the dogs are on him, and he's running as fast as he can. And, uh, and all of a sudden you get him hemmed up in a cave, near a cave or a cliff. You know what he does? The flight turns to fight. He feels hemmed up. Anybody want to raise their hand and say, I praise the Lord for when I feel all hemmed up. No. Tribulation worketh what? Thank you. Tribulation worketh Patience. I don't like to feel constricted with no way of escape. Why would I ever glory under anxiety, tension, stress? Paul was given the wisdom to say it produces something. It produces patience. Can I just confess to you that I'm preaching this message to me? As I look at all of you, I'm going to pretend you, that every one of you are me. And I'm going to preach to you like I'm preaching to me. Patience is the product of tribulation, not a byproduct. Are y'all with me? It's not a byproduct. At the power plant, our purpose was to produce electricity. That was our purpose. It produced electricity. But, but we, after we burned the coal, we had flash. And that ash was a byproduct, and we sold it for concrete and, and blocks and, and life jackets, even went in life jackets. And so we had a product and we had a byproduct. Patience is not a byproduct of tribulation. It is the product. And then that product gets refined. Watch what the Bible says. Patience is the product, but it goes even further. It refines into experience. And then experience matures past that into hope. If you write in your Bible, write confidence over hope. Patience, experience, and confidence. Now let me ask you a question. When you get through writing. <laughs> you need an auto mechanic. Do you, do you want to meet an auto mechanic who has patience, experience, and confidence? If you need a doctor, do you want to meet a person who has patience, experience, and confidence? Or on the other hand, do you want to meet a person with the opposite qualities, which is impatience, inexperience, and they're disgruntled? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? God help us to be patient people. What a joy to meet people who are patient, experienced, and confident. No wonder Paul tells us glory in tribulation, glory in the pressure 
Because, look at verse 5, because hope maketh not ashamed, confidence makes us not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Ashamed, that word means confused or confounded or frustrated. If you're living life in a confused, confounded, or frustrated state, it is because tribulation has not worked patience yet. And yet the truth is that most of us at times live in a world filled with confusion, confounded, and frustrated. Let me tell you something about patience. Patience doesn't leave you annoyed. Even in an annoying situation, patience doesn't leave you with the inability to perform. Patience gives you talent. Patient gives you skill. Patient gives you the answer to move forward and solve any problem in your life. Let me ask you a question. In which state of mind do you accomplish more? In a calm state of mind or a frustrated state of mind? Which state of mind do you do your best work? Frustrated or calm? Amen. Which state of work do you solve the most problems? patient, calm. You ever had a problem you couldn't solve and, and you just thought about it and thought about it and it just bugged you to death and you laid down at night and the answer came? You know why? You were in the right state of mind. I remember a man who used to build mandolins Frank Fraley, and Mr. Fraley built the most beautiful mandolin, and, and he, he lived, you had to walk, a, he had to park and walk a half a mile out of path to his house he lived out there, he, and he had a shop, little bitty shop with no electricity, and he built the most sought-after beautiful mandolins in a little shop that had no electricity, and he had back order after back order after back order, people desiring his mandolins, and I, I said, Mr. Fraley, why in the world don't you go in there and set you up a nice shop and start building mandolins, and, the, and, and you can make lots of money, you're only making two a year in that little shop, and... He said, George, I don't want to do that. He said, as a matter of fact, I don't even go to that shop and begin to work until I'm in the right frame of mind, until I'm patient, until I can do the right things and make the right decisions, and in calmness I go there. He said, if I'm in the wrong state of mind, I don't even work on a mandolin. He built two a year. They brought thousands of dollars apiece. What are you saying, preacher? He says, I'm being patient. Now here's what I want to ask you. Do you want to live life skillfully? Wisdom is the ability to live life skillfully. Wisdom comes with patience. And I think of myself and many others I know who live life blundering through making error after error, mistake after mistake, enemy after enemy. The Bible says, he that hasteth with his feet sinneth. When we hurry through life, we hurry through the job, we hurry through our home, we hurry through social things, we even get a hurry at church. The Bible says we're in a state of sin. Amen, preacher. It's getting very quiet other than a baby crying. Amen. 
We, we want to hurry and accomplish all that we possibly can. We're rushed in society. We're rushed on the job. We're in a hurry to get done. <laughs> can I just give you an example of one day in my life? Well, this past Thursday, I'll just give you an example. I was up at daylight in my study. I didn't have my message done for the day, and it was pressurizing me. I can't stand to go toward the end of the week without my message done. And I was in my study at daylight. I had to hurry to work on a message for patience. <laughs> oh, my day started out busy. Then I had to pick up the trash for four houses and I went to my mom's and I checked on her. Then I had to hurry back and get back in my study quickly so I could cram in some more points on patience. And then I met Dennis and we went to Sugar Grove and looked at the fellowship hall up there at Brookside Baptist Church. And then I said, boy, if we get done here, I'm going to play some pickleball. <laughs> and I squeezed in a game of pickleball and drove an hour home. And I got home, I was wore out. What are you saying, preacher? We think we can accomplish. Listen to me carefully. And I'm guilty. Can I just tell you I'm guilty? I think that impatience is a good tool that I can use on myself so I can get more done. Amen. Impatience is a good tool that I can use on, more, on myself. But as a matter of fact, in my busy day, it has to go like clockwork. Boom, 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 boom. Do this, do this, do this, do this. Accomplish this. And if I get behind a slow driver, I want to choke the living you-know-what out of it. Somebody pulls out in front of me and does 25 miles an hour. I want to go into road rage. Well, that's real spiritual, isn't it? Huh? That's really like Jesus, isn't it? No, it's not. I don't believe Jesus ever lost his composure. He had a whole lot to do, a whole lot to accomplish. But I don't think he ever lost his composure at all. You say, well, he drove the money changers out of the temple. Yeah, but he sat down and pleaded a whip of small cords before he did it. That took some time, took some patience. So my day, <laughs> I remember a preacher. I pulled into church one night, and a preacher, you, the Bible students will understand this, he pulled in in his car, and his specialized tag said, Jehu. I wondered who would get that. Because the Bible says about Jehu that he drove fiercely and slay the wicked. Now you can tell what that preacher's attitude was when he put Jehu on his tags. He drove fiercely and slay the wicked. And that's the way I feel sometimes when I'm behind the wheel. I got to hurry. Don't pull out in front of me. Amen. The truth is that impatience is a disease that is rooted in agitation. When working with a patient mind, we're more composed, we're more thoughtful, we operate in a rational mind, we work without struggling, fighting, striving, or as we call it, smothering. You ever smother? Oh, come on. Lisa was smothering the other day, I'll just tell you. And I said, sweetheart, you're smothering over a decision. It's going to be all right. Most of the time, it's the other way around. She's the patient one. But I'll, I'll, in that case, but I'm going to tell you something. In my day Thursday, 
where I was running around trying to get as much accomplished as I possibly could. She was sitting home in her sewing room with her sewing machine humming this nice little soft sound, gospel music playing, the light shining beautifully through the window, and she's patiently sitting there working on her quilt. You know why she's more patient than me? Tribulation worketh patience. You say, yeah, she's been married to you for 40 years, preacher. (laughs) I give you credit for that one. But when she was a young teenager, she had scoliosis. And she had to have not one vertebrae, not two, not five vertebrae, not eight vertebrae, but ten vertebrae fused together. She has a stainless steel rod in her back. She can't do what I do. She can't hike ten miles with a 40-pound pack. She can't play pickleball. She can't, I go out the door in my state of get everything done that I possibly can. And she's very, very patient. And you know why? Tribulation works patience. And I wouldn't want to live in her body for one second because I see the pain. Oh, you don't see it. She hides it well. I see the pain. I see the medicine she takes. I see the heating pad out all the time. I see the massager sitting on the side of the bed because she's done her best to just survive at times. But patience produces something. Patience has a product. She does things that I can't do. There's days she can't hardly move from the heating pad, but remember, tribulation works patience, and she sows. Isn't that beautiful? That was her first quilt. You know why? She's patient. Now her second quilt. And guess what? I get angry when I have to thread the sewing machine. (laughs) And now her second quilt looks like this. Would you say that tribulation worked patience? And no, she's not going to be your next pastor. We don't believe in that. But you know what? She influences me. Amen. Thank God for a godly pastor's wife. Amen. God allowed her to suffer tribulation to make her a godly, patient pastor's wife. And when I need to make one of those phone calls to the insurance company or somebody else where it says press one to speak English and they put you on hold and you can't understand the person, I say, honey, can you make this phone call for me? Because I don't have it. You see see what I'm saying? I'm preaching to, I'm in the Bible. I'm number one in the Bible. Number one, I'm, number two, I'm preaching to me. Look at James chapter one, verse number four. James chapter 1, verse number 4. It's no wonder that patience is personified in Scripture as a woman. James 1, 4 says this, But let patience have his perfect work. (laughs) No, it didn't. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's the new King James. The old King James says, but let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting or lacking nothing. Ladies, patience in Scripture, and every word is there by integrated design. Patience is personified as a woman, not a man. I'm glad that God knew what he was doing when he challenged women with childbirth and child rearing because I don't think humans would have existed if we men would have had to birth children. Amen. We would have choked our own children. <laughs> he says that patience here has a perfecting work. It means a maturing work. The number one sign of spiritual maturity is the ability to wait on God. Did you know that waiting on God, let's, let, let's just turn it around. The inability to wait on God. You know what we do when we get tired of waiting on God? He's not answering our prayer. He's not moving in our situation. We can't, be, we can't do, as the scripture says, patient continuance and well-doing. Instead of patient continuance and well-doing while we pray, while we wait on God, no, we want to push doors open and we want to force doors open and we make a mess. Can I get a witness? And yet, all the while, Patience is having her perfect work. The greatest quality that a Christian can possess is love, but the greatest attribute that we can have is patience. You ever like to be put off? Do you like to forbear under stress? Do you like to discipline yourself over time? Listen, I'm looking at a group of people and the thing we hate to do the worst is restrain ourselves. We hate to restrain ourselves. We run from place to place. We want faster automobiles. We drive our food. We grab our food at the drive-through. We slack things in the microwave. We live life in a hurry. It was Daniel who said that in the last days that many would run to and fro. If that doesn't describe our day, I don't know what does. I mean, my goodness, you, got the, you get the kids, you're in, you live in Chilhawa, and you, you run over here, and you, you got one kid who needs to go to baseball practice, and the other kid's got to be in cheerleading practice, and, and you ha you've worked all day, and you haven't had supper, ladies, and, and you drive them through McDonald's, and you go through the drive-thru, and you slap them French fries and stuff in their mouth, and then you pull out, and you go, my gosh, why don't they do something about the traffic in Chilhawa? <laughs> you ever tried to pull out at McDonald's in Chilhawa? Sometimes I'd like to just, well, never mind. <laughs> and then you pull out and you head toward the school and there's a train coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. Some of y'all thought that's funny because you know what? In an impatient, irrational mind, you think, can I beat that sucker? That's pretty stupid. And yet, the reason we make stupid mistakes in life is we're not patient. We're running to and fro. Jesus said himself in the last days, he said he would come quickly, but that word quickly is the word tachos. It's the word we get our, our English word tachometer. Our tachometer in a car measures the RPMs. Jesus is telling us, I'm coming in a day when things are revved up. 
say things are pretty revved up today, don't you? They're revved up on the world scene. They're revved up in the school. They're revved up in society. Man, are we living revved up? And Jesus said, when it's revved up, I'm, that's when I'm coming. Tacos. Huh. No wonder we're wilder than a wood rat. Amen. We don't know how to... I mean, our forefathers, they, could, they had resignation. They had fortitude. Impatience. I'm in the Word of God. Boy, I need this. I don't know about y'all. Take a deep breath. Living and working in an impatient state is very unhealthy. It causes disease. It causes illnesses. Your breathing becomes shallow. That's why we talk about smothering. Cortisol builds up in your body. Pressure mounts. Internal anxiety makes, causes us to make mistakes. We're straining our mind. We're straining our body. Here's the diseases that it makes us more susceptible to. Are you ready? Impatience causes blood pressure, blood sugar, headaches, cardiovascular disease, pulmonary illnesses, panic disorder, social phobia, PTSD. When you lose your composure waiting on something, you lose your calmness and your ability to maintain yourself. You lose control, don't you? Am I the only person here that ever loses control? Jesus said this in Luke 21, 19, and I've preached on it before, but I think it would be worthy to state again. Luke 21, 19, Jesus said, in your patience possess ye your souls. In your patience possess ye your souls. When everything falls apart, when you lose composure, how do you pull it together? Patience pulls it together. When you're overwhelmed, you ever feel overwhelmed, hemmed in, no way of escape? Patience can allow you to bring it together. In your haste, you lose your composure. Jesus said, I possess something. I possess my soul. Now we got to understand that we're triune beings. I have a body, I have a soul, and I have a spirit. Let me teach you something here about patience. My spirit is saved. It's forever settled in heaven. Jesus Christ washed me from my sins in his blood. And my spirit is forever saved. Praise God. My body will be saved one of these days. When he comes again, the Bible says the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And if I die and I'm buried in the ground, then Jesus Christ is going to raise my body. My body is going to be saved, but my soul is right in the middle of my spirit and my body. And my soul is being saved. Every day... I need to possess my soul because my soul is going to bounce between the flesh and the spirit. Are y'all with me? 
And I, in patience, in patience every day, I need to make spiritual decisions based on the Word of God, based on the Spirit of God that lives on the inside of me. And so many times my soul gets so impatient. The soul is the seat of the emotions. The soul is the person that I really am. It's my thought patterns. It's my paradigms. It's my experience. And my soul is here. And so often my soul jumps in the flesh and that's when I hate the slow drivers when if I was walking in the spirit and I was patient and prayed up and walking with God I wouldn't be so ready to choke somebody amen preacher Jesus said in your patience patience gives you the ability number one to think rationally number two to maintain a healthy mental state number three to keep emotions on an even plane you know why our world is in such an erratic state with erratic behavior people are behaving and driving erratically today we've lost the ability to maintain our souls it's no wonder. Listen, listen to me carefully. You could throw your Bible away and there's still a natural rhythm to life that we get outside of. What are you saying, preacher? The birds know when to migrate. The bees know when to go in a hive. The seasons slowly come around. There is a natural rhythm to life and impatience even gets us outside of that. God help me, if I'm in tune with God, I'm in tune with people, and I'm in tune with nature. I'm in tune with the rhythm of the world, amen. Because God created the world and the principles thereof. Oh, listen, what are we rushing for? I've got to close. What are we rushing for? We are living in an illusion that if we reach the destination, that it'll be all better. And we reach the destination... And we're disappointed. And again, we're impatient. Wow. Turn, turn with me, please. You're, you had your Bibles open to Romans 5. Let's read a verse of Scripture and I'll close. I'm not going to give an invitation today. Romans chapter number 15 and verse number 5. Romans 15. The sad truth is if we live life in such a rush, the only thing we're going to be is old, irritated, and agitated. Let me say that again. If we live life in such a rush, we're only going to be old, irritated, and agitated. And that is why there are so many grumpy old men. <laughs> Romans chapter 15, verse number 5. Now the God of patience and consolation grants you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. Verse 6, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our God, our God, our God, and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the God of all patience and consolation and when I'm behaving outside of that there's something wrong with my fellowship with God amen God help me to get on board with the spirit of God 
the spiritual side, not the fleshly side. God help me in my patience to possess my soul. God help me to get out of the fast lane in the rat race. Amen. And keep my composure and be the spiritual man that I should be and not live my life in an agitated, frustrated way. God help us all. Somebody say amen. I'm through preaching. Would you stand with me? Again, we're not going to have an invitation. Brother Jackie Blevins, would you make your way to the pulpit? By the way, as he comes this way, I'll say this. You'll never find heaven in a state of disorder. You'll never find God losing his composure. Even in the future, when this world is falling apart, God will still be on his throne. Given us to be together in your house this day, and we ask your blessing upon each and every one that's come out this way today. And we're truly thankful for the good message that we have heard today. We may, may we apply it to our lives and live our lives in a more smooth and, and way, and we'll get through this world a lot better, as Brother George has told us today, Lord. Help each one of us to try to strive to do that. that things will go more smooth for us, Lord. We just pray for those, Lord, that have been mentioned that are uh, sick. We just pray that you be with them and uh, restore them back to their health, Lord. And be any among us today that has received you as their Savior, Lord, we just pray that they will see their need to come to you and be saved before it's eternally too late. We thank you once again for this day and for this time you've given us to be together here today. And as we depart this place of worship, we just pray that you'll watch over us, care for us, and Keep us safe till the next appointed time. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.